Hey, how's it going? This is Billy. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to Coffee Talk with Billy and Jennifer. And cheers, and my cheers. love. Cheers, my love. Cheers, babe. Welcome to another episode of Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Is that a radio announcer um, voice? Babe, yeah. I have multiple voices that I, I'd like to run with. Um, at the end of this podcast, you hear a beautiful, lovely British voice. It's not actually British, but Australian by our friend, Grace Fuller. See, I do accents like that. I'm I'm kind of a professional, but you already knew that. Hey, can we start out this week's episode with reading some of the reviews that touched a, touched a heartstring? As long as you read the reviews <laughs> with a different accent every time. That would be my greatest Painful. honor. Vic? Painful. Okay. Um, this is from, this was October 3rd. This is a pretty recent review, and this is on the podcast. Thank you for leaving your reviews. If they're good ones, if they're bad ones, we will find you. Um, this says, I listen to a lot of podcasts and this is by far my favorite one. I look forward to Wednesdays to hear what they have to say. Me and my husband will sometimes go to Dunkin', not Starbucks. Hey, I'm already loving this person. I don't hate Starbucks. We're actually wanting them to sponsor us, but Dunkin' Donuts. True story. I was in Cleveland, Ohio with my son this weekend and we went to Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, my daughter, not my son, (laughs) my daughter. Um, and we went to Dunkin' Donuts five times. Coffee for the rest of us. That's right. Dunkin' Donuts. Coffee. For the rest of us. Um, thank you for your sponsor, Duncan. And she goes on to say, and we get coffee. We take a, we take the long way home, which is also a song. And man, she's just killing it with this review. And just listen to the podcast and laugh and discuss the truths that are always spoken in these episodes. Billy and Jen are just so honest, funny, and relatable. Aww. I'm going to have to agree with you on that. They feel like our friends we've never met. Oh, this is Kaylee. I don't know if I should say her last name. It's her username. But Kaylee E., I'll just, I don't, I don't want to put her on blast. I don't, will we get sued if we say people's names? Good. Vic the sound chick. Um, thank you. We thank should you, be Kaylee. friends, in fact. Because you drink Dunkin' Donuts and you use sayings yes, like take the long way that. home. Cheers. Come on, man. I hope to meet you someday. So good. There's another one that I was reading that I thought was pretty good. This is from Diana920. Not to be confused with Diana420. What do we all know what that means? I think you just gave her a whole <laughs> user handle away. That's okay. okay. User handles are fine, but if it says a last name, oh, I feel like we're breaking into get, like you know legal territory here. Yeah. Diana420, I mean 920, says, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of this podcast. I love how honest Billy and Jen are. Not only are they hilarious, well, thank you, Diana, Diana. but they cover so many great topics, and each episode is filled with encouragement and wisdom. We like to call those wisdom nuggets. You think it's Diana R or Diana? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Diana. That's and thank you for listening, Diana. Yes, thank you. I was so going through our reviews, reviews only to realize I think we have like a hundred reviews on there, babe. The first one is me. <laughs> Literally me saying, I love this podcast. And that wasn't me, that was you. It was me. Complimenting ourselves under my name. It's kind of funny, though. So people go on, they're like, did he literally just rate himself and say he loves his own podcast? speaking into existence that this is going to be the greatest, funniest, <laughs> wisdom nugget podcast ever. So I was just, you know, projecting. <sighs> proj- oh, man, them wisdom nuggets Those all nuggets. day, every day. Hey, thank you for your reviews. It actually really means a lot. It really does. It's encouraging. In a world of darkness and depression, this is a glimmer of hope. <laughs> well, what's been a glimmer of hope is that it is your birthday week. It was my birthday. Okay, yeah, well. That's true. Last I night, believe in, in uh, birthday months. You do. And I think a lot of people were with me on that one. Okay. Um, and I it's stole you away and took you to the Post Hotel, which was the most, I would say, greatest experience I've ever had at a hotel. Dear Lord. Now, I am the Post Hotel. We'd like a sponsor. The Post Hotel. 
official sponsors of Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. It um, was next level. Oh my goodness. It's in Leavenworth, Washington, which is like a little German town. It's like two hours from here. It's nestled in the mountains of the Northwest. If you live um, in the East Coast, you need to fly to Seattle and go to this hotel. That's that how great truth. it is. I, and Okay. When you look at this hotel, it's known for its spa. Everyone walks around in robes. Which is a, was a little weird at first. When I first walked in, they're like, we encourage you to walk around in robes. And my first question to the person was like, do we have to? And she's like, well, no. And I'm like, okay. But then I decided. <laughs> she looked at you too. Yeah, she like, was mad at me. What is this guy Then I decided, you know what? I'm going to give it the full go. Like, I'm just going to go fully in. And I put on that robe. And them slippers. So soft. Babe, those sexy slippers. You wore those. I didn't go anywhere without the robe. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you, I was robing you're it up. naked yeah. underneath that robe. I never actually, I think there were people that were. Yeah. I did not do and that. It was a little awkward. There are laws against that. Um, it's a spa hotel, which I'm not a spa guy. I don't want a massage. But you got to explain what a spa hotel means. Like, like that, In my that mind, it's so only always been like bougie, spa-y, massage Getting a massage. Spend a million trillion dollars. Um, they have eight different themed like um, saunas and steam rooms. They're, everything's infinity, jacuzzis and pools, all heated, on tap coffee everywhere you go all day, food and snacks, breakfast and Cold lunch plunge. included. It's included. Cool you plunge. just go sit in your robe in the restaurant. Everyone's robing it. In the restaurant? In the yes. restaurant. Yes. And they just serve you. Breakfast and lunch. We were so relaxed. I have actually never been this relaxed in my entire life. In fact... We made love five times the first day. Okay. <laughs> I'm not kidding. The, the, I didn't the, think it was possible didn't anymore. I didn't either. That was impressive. But <laughs> uh, hurtful. I'm okay, moving right along. But but look. Yeah. Well, do we have to move but, along? Because that second. was epic. Okay, but wait a second. This is what I loved about it. Like like you just all those things. But then like you said, there were several hot tubs, and then there, the pool was indoor outdoor, and you could like you could swim outdoors to this infinity mm-hmm. pool that looked over the Cascade Mountains in the fall leaves in this river. I mean, the view was breathtaking. It was, man. It, it was, was breathtaking. Babe, thank you. Honestly, we I don't know if we've been to a lot of hotels. We've probably been to a lot of hotels. There's certainly people listening that have been to many more hotels that we've been to. But I've stayed in like the Montage in Beverly Hills, the Wilshire. I've stayed at the Montage in Huntington. We stayed at one of the greatest hotels in Paris called the Hoxton. Oh, But I'm telling you best. what, man. The Post in Leavenworth, Washington, to, to date, I'm 43 years old was the absolute best hotel I have ever stayed at in my entire life. Can I say to all the married Thank couples, you. save your money and just go for one and night. Yeah, save, because it's going to cost. Can I say to all the single people, save your money. Oh, wait, you have it. Use it, spend it. But thank you. You take your girlfriends. Well and said, like, the do, sound chick. Look, I gotta, I gotta figure out how I can get all my girlfriends. You will most likely meet your husband this. in a robe. There, go for that. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> or in one of those saunas. Okay, hello. One last thing: the rooms <laughs> were like heaven. The nicest hotel room I've ever stayed in. Yeah. And it wasn't like it was like every room you would ever want, like the fireplace, the balcony, the it just had a marble tub yep. that was just massive. It we just didn't was, even want to get in it, but we did. It was beautiful. You had to. It's gorgeous. So thanks, babe. I'm 43. I'm feeling I'm feeling I'm feeling a spry 42. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> spry, it's a word. What does that mean? Spry? I've never actually heard um, that word. Energetic used. is a flexible part of it, maybe. <laughs> spry. <laughs> Interesting feel, word. Yeah, I feel energetic You're and flexible. You're just really intelligent, by the way. Just spry. Well, thank you. Uh, intelligence, official sponsors of Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. <laughs> okay, calm down. <laughs> I just looked it up. What's it mean? It says, um, especially of an old person, oh. active and lively. 
You know what? Forget it. I'm not okay, spry. You know, I'm take offended it by the dictionary. You're not that intelligent. <laughs> oh, shots fired. Okay. What are we talking about today, babe? I don't what, know. what would you like to talk about? You tell me. Okay, I will. I would like to talk about on the on the day after my 43rd birthday, the difference between just existing and being fully alive. Mm. Mm, provocative. I think there are two types of people in the world, and I am literally going to categorize all 8 billion people on the planet <laughs> into two categories. Okay. That's what I'm going to do right now. All right, science, And all of science. them are listening, so this is going to be very helpful help for all 8 billion of them. I think there's not 8 billion, but go with me. Um, how many people Vic, are on the I think we're going to need you to find out how many people live on the planet today yeah, while I'm, I'm just, talking. Um, there are two categories. Stat. There are people that are simply just just existing. They're alive. They're They're consuming oxygen. They're here. Welcome. Welcome to your life. And then there are people that are fully alive. I once read in a book years ago, and it, 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 man, it registered with me so profoundly. It said, find out what makes you come alive and go do that. And I remember the first time I read that, I was 20-something, maybe 20. And I, it, I was like, I want to do that. And then I read it again when I was 25. And I was like, that's actually not possible. And then when I got 30, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And we moved to Seattle. And then when I was 35, I'm like, that's not realistic. You know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. this inner battle of being fully alive. But I just, I think life is a mist and a vapor. And you either are just going to consume oxygen, fill your role, do life, exist, or fully come alive, like live life to the fullest. Mm. And I think we're in either one of those two categories. And I think you can be in different seasons of life in one of those two categories. I don't think there's people like, I'd like to say in seasons of my life, I hopefully most of my life, I live in the fully alive category, but there have definitely been seasons of my life. Totally. You could, where I'm just literally just making it day by day. Yeah, man. Just existing. Just, just a blop on the, on the, on the screen of life, just consuming space, but not really doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Remember that one time when we went whitewater rafting in Atlanta, Georgia, actually we were in Tennessee. And we went down a class five rapid, remember? We were crazy. I don't know what we were thinking. Well, we were fully alive. And I'll never forget. <laughs> we were we dragged like We were with interns. a group of interns. I will throw like, out their names now. Their Tamara, she got injured. I'm glad she made it. My brother, Jason, um, Carlisha, who's married to Mark now, and they live in, I can't remember where they live. Um, who was else was on the boat? There were a bunch of people on the boat. You were on the boat. I was on the boat. Um, was Christiana? Uh, Grace. Grace. I can't remember. There's a lot of people on the boat. And we had two boats, and they came to one of these parts of the of the whitewater rafting river where it, they called it a class five. And what that means it is, was insane. It was built for the Olympics back when they did Atlanta. So it's I've hydraulic. Never been so scared it will in my actually life. suck the raft under. It's hydraulic. Yeah. It's very dangerous. And we're like, let's do this. It's, it's just one section of the river. The rest of it was like three. It was and pretty fours. rough the whole way. Threes and fours. So right. like, think about the worst rapids, and then and the, we the big went one. to the class five and got completely upended. Now. Pictures tell the truth, and when the pictures came back, <laughs> it was Jason, my brother, and I just rowing and for dear life. You could see us just digging in while we're all about to die, and you and yeah, all the other people in the boat pound had of your me. hands over I, your I heads. I had no choice. I couldn't even reach the water with my oar. We were up so high. You all abandoned us in our no, moment of need. So I, anyways, we all go out. We all flip out. We all go under. We're gone. We lost ourselves. And some people got injured. No one died. Thank God. Very injured, yeah. by the way. I mean, I don't think I'm very injured. Tamara, like, cracked her knee open. That was pretty bad. 
Yeah, yeah, that was pretty bad. She hit a rock pretty it was, hard. It was you almost bad. drowned. Oh, no, I did. I thought I was, my life was no, over. <laughs> no, I literally, it, was, it wasn't for that rope that guy threw and then ended up grabbing me. Like, I don't think I would have made it. That was an angel. And that sounds dramatic, and that angel's but name it was, was not. Billy. <laughs> it so, had to have been an angel. Here's my thought. There was two boats that day. And as, as traumatic as it was for some of you, I had a blast, by the way. I, it was so much awesome. It really was. I remember, like, going down the class five on my back, literally going, whoo, like, I couldn't believe how great. And I didn't yeah, realize like that you were almost swimmer. dying. You're a professional swimmer. So you're like, I I'm got I'm a professional this. at a lot of things. So, <laughs> Vic, you're too vocal, okay? I think there's sarcasm laced in your Vic. lap. Anyways, here's my point. We tell that story today. Everyone who was on that boat, those who got injured, Tamara... Carlisha drank half the lake when they were saving her life. We tell that story now, like with laughter. And even those who are afraid, like we're like, dude, remember that one time. And there's other people in the boat that were with us on our team. And they were just there, but they didn't experience it. And when they remember back that, like they don't have the story to tell. To them, it was just an outing for us. Like, remember that one time? You literally, and you'll say, you're like, I almost died. And it's like, we live life. I'm not saying you have to almost die to live life to the fullest, but there's something to be said about living fully alive. And like we still to this day, all of us. Doing what you love. We have a bond that the other people on the boat, they just went on an outing and they watched us go to the very limits. And But they don't know what it was like. And they don't remember that day. In fact, that to them just fell into every other day of their life. But for us six, we remember that day. Like remember that day? We almost died. Remember that day we won against a class five? I'm telling you. And I know I'm, make, I'm being super dramatic, but there is something to be said about living it in the moment. And that's what I want to talk about today. The difference between just existing and being fully alive. Oh, this is good. I'm going to love it. Oh, you know. Okay. I love this topic. True story. We were actually having this conversation briefly over coffee this morning, earlier this morning around the fireplace. And Caleb, our, um, our second oldest son, was getting ready to go to work. And he was in the kitchen making himself breakfast. He heard us kind of like talking through these thoughts. And he literally stopped us. And he's like, Mom, Dad, like, I want to hear this. This is awesome. And so I think that just gave me the confidence I need to be fully alive in this moment. Thank you, Caleb. Um, Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen, sponsored by Caleb Hoffman. <laughs> so okay, I got a few things. If we're going to say existing versus fully living, I have a few things. I think people who are just existing, um, I think there's a couple ways to categorize them. So I would say if you're just existing in life, you, you, would be, you can tend to be lonely. Whereas those that are full alive, fully alive, turn loneliness into aloneness. Mm. Loneliness versus aloneness. To play on words, you already told me I'm very intellectual. Um, <laughs> I think there's a big difference. Lonely is sad. Lonely and is we lonely. All experience oh, yeah, that. totally. I'm not saying it's a real feeling. It's it's kind of hopeless. It's kind of depressing. Whereas aloneness, A L O N E S S, can actually be very good. It can actually, you can find yourself in aloneness. You can find your destiny in aloneness. You can discover who you are, who you really are in aloneness. Whereas loneliness leads to depression and sadness, and it's very real. Right. Aloneness can lead to greater things. And I think that's the difference. And I think many times it's just perspective, right? It's just the perspective of I'm going to be lonely, I'm going to be, or I'm going to turn my loneliness into alone. I would argue that someone who's fully living and is embracing life takes what could be lonely and be like, nope, I'm going to turn this into aloneness. How do we do that, babe? How, I mean, how have you done that? You've had lonely moments. I mean, what are some of the ways that you just, you take the advantage of it? Well, I mean, I think we we literally just did that last week. I mean, we had this trip planned, but we both knew in the season we're in, we kind of need to get, get outside of like our normal life and kind of get alone, get alone with God, get alone with each other, pray, think, uh, meditate, 
look at the nature and I, and it, it was amazing over those 24 hours, how clear just our present is and what our future could look like. It became in a season that could strike loneliness or frustration or confusion that time by separating ourselves for a moment and creating alone time helped us so much. Yeah. It's so true. It's all perspective. Yeah. Like if, you know how you want to be lonely? Listen to songs like, all by myself, don't want to be, like that, if I'm listening to that song, I'm like, it feels so lonely. But if I want to be alone, I listen to like, I don't know, Vic, what would be a song? <laughs> Do your job. <laughs> it's not coming to you, I'm is it? too sexy for my okay, body, no. too sexy for my body. <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, okay, I remember when I was in college. First year of college, I'm in South Carolina, Furman University. My family lives in a different state. The woman I, I, I'm falling in love with you Aww. and wanting to date lives in a different state. I'm all by myself. I remember crying in my dorm room after football season. practice. This big football guy, I'd go back to my dorm room and just cry. I'd eat mashed potatoes with my fingers because I didn't have utensils. Oh I didn't have utensils. I forgot. Mashed potatoes with your fingers? Mom Is and dad real? bought silverware. I was on my own. I didn't realize I had to buy silverware. You know what else I didn't have? Toilet paper. Oh. That got rough. Let's just say I threw the rag away forever. Time to grow um, up, Huffman. Yeah, I was growing up and I'm realizing <laughs> I'm so lonely. And I remember I had a choice to make that year. And I'd say for the first week or two, I was just lonely, surrounded by thousands of people at this university, but very lonely. And then I just started to get away, like what you were saying. I, there was this place called Paris Mountain in South Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina. I'd go to the top of Paris Mountain and I'd overlook Greenville and I would read. I'm a man of, of faith. I believe in God. So I would pray to God mm-hmm. and I would many times just sit there and like, I am telling you, I found myself that year. I found mm-hmm. out who I was. I, I just, I got alone and I turned it into something good. I learned how to think. I learned how to plan. I think very many of the dreams that we're living out today were birthed literally in that a moment that could have been lonely. It could have just been a year of loneliness, but by the grace of God, turned it into a year of aloneness and it defined us. I got answers. I got clarity. I wrestled with my insecurities in those moments. Like it was, it was hard. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, but I found myself and I've actually kept that practice to this day. I'm now 43. I would have been 20. Actually, I'd have been 19 years old. And when I was there and I think that's, I think you're right. I think we have to t- just perspective, like, you know what? Okay, I got no one to hang out with today. Now I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go on a walk. I'm gonna read a good book. I'm gonna listen to a podcast. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna meditate and think and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna find myself. I'm gonna wrestle with the dreams in my heart. It's like, turn it into aloneness. Yeah, and you know what? That's something that you have created, like kind of an, it's an art for you. You do it probably weekly, if not several times a month. And it's been the thing that's kind of anchored us in every season of our life that, we have literally spent time alone, alone with each other, alone with God, and really kind of saying, okay, what does the next season look like? How can we do this life? Amen. Remember that one time we were alone and we had sex five times in one day? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm moving forward. Okay. Uh, existing. So true verse- story. I had a mom, a mom watch, listening to our podcast in the car and she was driving and her little, little guy was in the back seat, and oh. you had started going off on like party, foul. some kind of like sex terminology. And, and literally the little boy started repeating the term oh, oh, and so she's like, oops, I guess I need to now explain what that is. Party foul. Sorry, yeah, mom and so dad. Maybe um, this not is a also kid's- not a podcast for the children. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Um, just existing and living fully, I think, is the difference between defense and offense. And now I'm making a sports now analogy. Say that again. You said it so fast. Oh, did I? Yeah. I, I speak fast, huh? You do. It's because my brain goes very fast, babe. I've learned that about myself. Um, just existing versus fully living mm. is the same as defense 
versus offense. And what I mean by that, am I going slow enough for you? Yes. Are my words making sense? <laughs> I'm joking. Um, some people play not to lose and some people play to win. I think those who are just just getting by, they're playing not to lose. Like, Don't lose what you have. Don't lose what you have. Your those paycheck, who your, are fully your... alive, yeah. You become you literally become imprisoned by your paycheck. Yes. yes. Um, those who are fully alive, they play to win, which means you could also lose. Mm-hmm. Defense versus offense. I think And you're willing to maybe walk away from a paycheck to do what you need to do. To, you take you take the offensive. You take the offensive. Okay. I'm a Bible person. You know that if you listen to this podcast. Um there's this one scripture in verse that says the king, the, um, the gates of hell will not prevail. And Jesus is saying this. Gates, by definition, are defensive mechanisms. Gates are. Gates are, gates are designed to keep out. something out. It's defense. Um, and that's why Jesus said that, because he's like, we, as followers of Christ, we were by default supposed to be on offense. offense? The enemy's on defense. Uh, and if you're a defensive player for the Seahawks, I love you very much. This analogy breaks down there. But what I am saying is like in life, uh-huh. take the offensive. And I'll even take it further. I'd say it, I would I would say it like this. Um, it's the difference between those that are willing to fail and those that won't even try. Mm. If you're gonna take the offensive life, you're willing to fail. Um, but if you're just existing, if we're just gonna just get by, then we don't even want to try. Um, I just think that's the wrong way. Um, to go about life. I'll never forget when our son Caleb was learning to ride a bike. And this is probably true with all of our kids, but I was out there teaching him and I would, you know, I would run behind him and push him on his bike and, you know, then I'd let go and he'd go for a bit. Right. And then somehow Caleb, you remember this, would just, I don't know what happened, man. It's almost like he had Tourette's. Yeah. <laughs> he would just, he would just self-destruct. The the steering wheel would go. I don't know. I mean, he, he was just, just fine. I mean, and then he, and just he would just collapse and mentally lose, lose just himself. be mangled in this bike. And I'd run over and I'd be like, you know, and he, so he kept doing this. And finally I was like, Caleb, what is wrong? Why are you doing it? He's crying because he keeps falling very hard. And it's like, it's like, you're going fine. And then you just, it's like a bee attacked you or you went into a spider web. You just like, ah, and like freaks out and just everything goes crazy. And I'll never forget what he said. It was maybe five. He's like, I'm like, why do you keep falling down, bud? He goes, I fall down because I was afraid I was going to fall down. Wow. And it nailed me in the moment. I literally thought like he's preempting his failure. He's like, I'm going to fall. So I might as well 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 just fall now. Like, because he was so afraid to fall. He's like, let me get it over with. And he was falling. And I thought like, man, how many people go through life? Like, hey, I'm going to fail. I'm st- let me just get it. Like, they're not willing. Like, but what if you don't fail? So and I'll never forget. So I went inside, let so him ride long. his bike. And this is, you know, life lessons learned from the five-year-old on the bike. But it was amazing. And I remember he was he's out there doing it on his own. And he fell. And I was in the garage. He didn't know I was there. And he started crying really hard. And I, I looked, peeked out, and I could see his knee was bleeding. Everything inside of me wanted to run and protect him and save him, pick him up. Oh, my, oh, my. But I, I had this moment of clarity. I'm like, he actually needs to fail here. The pain, he's not going to die. If I go save him now, he'll never try again because his last thought will be like, I failed. And so I remember I waited five minutes. It was one of the hardest things I did as a dad. You were inside, you know, you didn't know what was going on. And, but I remember being like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And, you know, I wanted to go help him. I'm like, he's bleeding. And sure enough, his, his, his cry turned to sniffles. Then he kind of got up. He was calling my name. And then he realized dad's not coming. And I just mm. watched this whole thing unfold. He kind of picked up his bike, kind of brushed his knees off. I mean, it's like 10, 15 minutes. He got on his bike. 
and you started riding. And you finally did it. And I mean, what can compare to the wind in your hair and the freedom to explore? And he had to fail and experience pain to get to that point. And if I had, if we had, if he had been just afraid to fail, and like if we had let failure and hurt and pain stop us, you never get, get there. You never get there. That's so real. That's the difference between, you know, you got to be willing to fail and not just the person who's like, I don't want to try. It's so good, babe. Um, I think it's also this. It's the difference between these two thoughts. I wish I hadn't and what if I had. People who are just existing live with this thought. I wish I hadn't done that. People that are fully, no, 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 no. I said that wrong. People that are just existing live with this thought. What if I had? Right. What if I had? People that are fully alive, they're going to say, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. And can I just say that's normal? Don't you think? Yes. I wish I hadn't said that. Man, I spoke too much. I said too much. Well, at least you're going to learn. At least you are speaking up. We all do that. Right. I wish I hadn't done that. Man, I wish I didn't go there. At least there. you tried. I wish I didn't invest my money in that. Like that's at normal. At least you gave it a go. That's right. The thing that will haunt you for the rest of your life is when you're sitting on cou- on your couch at 12 midnight watching The Office, not mad at that, love The Office, you know, and you're like, what if I had? Like, that will haunt you. Right. That is the unbearable thing in life. Like, what if you had just gone for it? What if you had walked away from a dead-end job that you literally were going nowhere and just said, I'm going to go for it? What if you had done it? Yes. What if you had taken those five seconds of crazy courage and walked up to her and been like, hi, how you doing? My name's Bob. Can I take you on a date? You know, like, what if you did? Now, she might say no and laugh in your face, but at least you'll know. The worst thing in life is like, what if? It's the what ifs of life that will haunt us. And I think the way we become fully alive is to go ahead and go for the and what babe, ifs. I can't agree more. I mean, life is so short. Life is so short. And, you know, I, I think when you get older, you realize how fast life goes and how short life is. And we owe it to ourselves to do what makes us come alive. And that is up to us. It's not up to your boss, your supervisor, or the CEO. It is on you to do what you need to do in this life. And can I just say, go get to it. the counseling, get the wisdom, and, and make it happen. And, and live life with a sense of like, hey, I have one life to live and give it a go. And I think we talk about this topic a lot and you've, you've, you've just nailed it in a whole nother way. But I, I, I can't tell you how inspired I am by that because it's like, I'd rather live my life with like, yeah, I failed along the way, but also look, look at this life. Let me ask you this. Look at this. What's the worst thing that could happen? Financial ruin? Bankruptcy? You can make it again. You make your money back. Lose your Um, house. You can get another house. We've done that. Like you, yeah, you learn, yeah. I didn't you know learn. you were going to tell everyone that, but yeah, that's happened. We learned, we learned like we'll never get a, an arm, you know, loan again. Like you, we learn. will get a loan again. We have the best credit in the world right now. Right. And, um, and what, you you're going to look like that. a fool. Everyone looks like a fool every now and then. I mean, if you could see what I'm wearing right now on this podcast, I look like a fool. Regret. Is that the worst thing that happened? You regret what you did. Can I just say this? You're going to have regrets whether you do it or don't. Regrets are a, 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 a permanent a fixture life. in life. Right, but at least if you try something and fail, yeah, maybe you'll regret that. But you will have learned. But if you don't try, you'll regret, and you have nothing to show for it. Oh snap! And can I say this plays out in the large things in life, the large big decisions, and the small things in life. Like it could be as simple as just getting up every day and going to the gym every day. Like 
Like you and have there goals. it is. Somehow she finds a way but, to work but it. But it's physical true. fitness. But it's it's like it's it could true. be as a simple thing. Like hey, I want to lose you know fifty pounds. That's not going to happen because in one day, that's going to happen over a year. It's just in fact, if you lose fifty pounds in one day, sir, we have a problem. But it, it plays you out. Chopped in off a leg. Every area of our life, and it, okay. it just is life changing. Last one. Um, I think those that are just just existing versus those that are fully living. Um, those who just exist exist are content to just plan while those who are fully living are ready to jump now. Now, I think people spend a ton of time talking about what they want to do, thinking about what they want to do, strategizing about what they want to do, planning about what they want to do. If we're talking to Christians, praying about what they want to do, what they should Which do, we believe when they should do. All those are great. And I actually am not against that. Right. But those that are just existing, they just keep doing that. Whereas those who are fully alive, at some point, they're like, I am ready to jump now. Plan, prepare, do all of it. Think it through, strategize. But at some point, you're going to have to jump. Here's my question. How do we know when it's time to pull the trigger? You've planned, you've thought through, you've... How do we know? Like, how can you when know? We know? And everyone's asking that. You're asking that. I'm looking at your face right now as I'm asking the question. You're literally giving me eyes like, I don't know the answer. I don't even think I know the answer, right? I'm just saying like, there is definitely this space between planning and doing, right? There's a space. We have to embrace it. I once read a book that said, you'll never have more than 80% assurance in making any decision. It was some executive book, right? In business. They're like, if you have 80%, if you feel 80% confident, pull the trigger. Because 100% Sometimes confidence, 50% yeah, confidence. 100% confidence, it actually doesn't exist. Right. It actually doesn't exist. You're never fully going to know exactly everything that could happen in any scenario, right? So there is this point where like plan, strategize, but at some point, you're going to have to pull a trigger. You're going to have to jump out of the plane. I remember the first time I ever went skydiving, first and last time. <laughs> um <laughs> As you no. almost hit a bar. Not because I died. I'm still here, clearly. But no, I remember being like, we planned. I took an eight-hour class because I didn't tandem jump. I jumped by myself. When I landed, they're like, good job saving your own life. Um, took an eight-hour class on all the things, parachute. You know, it's it's like like it's like you have to do landing patterns and you have to know altitudes and all this crazy stuff. And if your parachute fails, you're back up parachute. It's just kind of crazy, right? Missing power lines. Don't fall into water. You're going to drown. Like, there's so many ways to die. And I'll never forget... We planned, planned, planned. I felt confident, confident, confident. We did test jumps. We did all this stuff like onto mats, out of things. And then we were in a plane, a little tube in the sky, and we're flying up. And as we're flying up, the door opens and people start jumping out. And I like my mind just begins to go crazy. Like it was the most surreal thing. I'm like, people are jumping out of a perfectly good plane. Like what am I doing up here? I'll never forget being in the wind, in the doorway of this plane, 15,000 feet in the air, going 95 miles per hour about to jump and there's something that's like don't do it don't do it and i had done all this planning all this preparation and i mean my heart was being so fast so much that the girl that was jumping with me went to push me because we go one two three jump and, and i hesitated. hesitated she pushed me um more to this story don't push a 250 pound man out of an airplane she dislocated her shoulder that's not my fault that was on her you can't push me out of a plane but i had to make this moment where it's like either jump or get back in the plane and admit defeat um, I jumped. It was the most exhilarating thing of my whole life, right? To this day, and the most exhilarating thing I've ever done. <laughs> also, the most the scariest, craziest thing I've ever done. Um, what What do we do in that space between we've planned, we've sought counsel, and now it's time to jump? Like, when do you know? 
Like, what are some of your thoughts? I don't think there's a real answer, but like, when do you know? Jim, when, you've jumped. You started a business with a high school education only, and you're like, I'm just going to launch a business. When did you know? Or did you just say, I'm going to freaking do it? I don't think you ever know fully. I think you can't even, like, how do you know? How could you know? I, I don't think there's an, an answer to that question. You don't actually know. You just do. You just have to take the leap. And I think when you finally come to grips that you don't actually have the answer to fully how it may look on the other side of the, the new business, potentially, you know, starting and then failing, if you, you just, you don't ever really know if it's going to succeed or not. And I think you have to be able to live with that gap of, mm-hmm. you don't know. And here's the question so in trying to answer this question. I have another question to all the listeners watching on Netflix, YouTube, all of those, um, <laughs> Bumble, bumblebee feed. Um, uh, how long have you been planning and strategizing? Has it been a week? Has it been one month? Have you been planning and thinking about this for one year? Have you been planning and thinking for one decade? That's my question. How long have you been planning? At some point, you have to be honest with yourself and be like, yo, I've been thinking about this and planning about this for a year. It's time to jump. Right? Mm-hmm. One week, you could honestly be like, Jen, you're, you would tend to be like, let's just do, 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 do. And so if you're like, I've planned for a week, I might be like, ah, maybe let's give it a little more time. Let's make sure all of our ducks are in a roll. I don't think you'll ever be completely right. Someone said, when are you ready to have kids? Answer, never. Exactly. <laughs> when am I ready to get married? Answer, mm, probably never. But there's moments where you're like, you know what? I'm ready enough. Like, I, I could do it now. How long have you been thinking about planning about that thing? Has it been a year? Sir, has it been five years? maybe it's time to pull the trigger. Mm. Has it been one day? You probably need to think on it a little more. <laughs> you, know, you had a bad day at work, and you're like, that's it, I'm starting my own business. Like maybe right, put a little right. more research and thought into right. it, right? Like think it through. That's what I would say to answer that question. Um, we had this motto years ago when we were, the teams we were leading, and I loved it. And it, I guess it came from the military, but it said an absence of clear instruction, determine what should have been done, and then execute aggressively. Essentially saying when you don't know what to do and no one's telling you what to do and there's no clear answer, determine what should be done. Make a determination right then. Okay, here's what should be done. And then don't just limp into it, uh, slowly phase it out, execute it aggressively. I love it. I think that's a life motto. I think that could be the motto of people who are fully alive. Mm. fully alive they fail they win they lose they succeed it's all of the above and they are fully alive and they are going for it and you say do you have regrets of course we have regrets but i'd much rather regret what i tried than regret what i never gave a chance because when i tried and failed i learned something if i didn't try i've never learned a single thing and i'm the same place i always was that and that just summed it up that just literally summed it up well that's my job babe is to sum this up that, um, it, that's so it's I'm inspired it's provoking. by this talk. Yeah, it's, I am provoked. You know, and, and I think, you know, people are like, well, that's your personality, Billy. Well, that might be your personality, Jennifer. And I think God gives us all unique personalities, but let's just, can I just say it this way? Mm-hmm. You need to do what makes, what makes you feel alive. And, and if you're doing something and it's just, it's just, it's routine. You, you don't have any sense of wanting to live, go to work, then you've got to change it up. 
you've got to step out. You've got to do something different and take a chance. And so I would just say, figure out what that is and give it a go. I love it. You'll never know unless you go. That's right. Come on, man. Like, let that just ring in your ears. You'll never know unless you go. You'll never find out unless you give it a try. Um, What's the worst that could happen? And in fact, it's not the worst thing. We can always bounce back. We can always learn. I'm excited about this. If you're listening out there, hey, cheers to giving it a go in life. Let's be fully alive. Find out what makes you come alive and do that. Amen. Cheers. Cheers, babe. All right. Adios, amigos. Thanks for joining us today on Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Hey, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and we'd love to hear from you. You can leave a review, rate us, or follow us on social media at It's Billy Huffman. Here's to more coffee and honest conversations. Cheers. Mm-hmm.